All right. Free Talk Live. Actually, it's Girl Talk Live tonight because uh, it, it, it's a very unusual show. It's uh, Sunday night, which means that we're not on the vast majority of the radio stations that we're normally on. It's a mostly internet show, although there are some uh, some citizen radio stations out there, some community radio stations out there that carry the show. And uh, Mark is, I, I'm running the show, which is unusual for a Sunday night. And I've got uh, Hannah and Naomi in sitting in the studio. So I don't have any male talk show hosts. I, this never happens to me. But you feel pretty special tonight, Mark. Huh? I, I, I'm going to be as creepy as I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> we were I, I don't that. doubt that. Innuendos all over the place. <laughs> Uh, the anyway the the uh the the fact is you can call in about anything you want to call in about and we've got a, a number i'm sure i'm going to give it wrong most of the night because i'm used to saying the gcn call-in number but this call-in number is 603-435-1105 and you know call in and talk about whatever you want but until then we're going to talk about what we want to talk about and tonight because it's girl talk live we're going to take guys callers the guy callers first Sounds like a good policy. Yeah, as if there's going to be a whole bunch of women holding or something. <laughs> Fat chance. So, <laughs> Naomi, um, when we talked about you being on the show, you, you said you wanted to talk about liberty-oriented comics. Now, you know quite a bit about comics, isn't that right? Yes, sir. Can you, uh, let me turn up your microphone just a little bit. So, uh, what is it about liberty and comics that, uh, that, that rankles your, your, your fur? Wrinkles my fur. Can you hear her well? Um, you have to get right into the mic. <laughs> like right into Not it? Not that I'm an expert or anything, but yep. yeah, like this. There you go. Like Feel free that. to make out with your microphone. There is a studio cam, by the way. <laughs> yes, you can, can see the studio happen. cam at cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch Naomi make out with her you microphone. We are going to crash their server tonight with all the uh, guys wanna, wanting to see the Girl Talk Live. <laughs> I'm playing with the, th- the things here. So... Uh, what is it are. about uh, Liberty and comics that uh, you want to talk about specifically? Because it doesn't seem like there's a lot out there. When you go to the comic book store, eh, not a lot of comics about, you know, liberty-oriented issues. Well, I think uh, a lot of the time um, comic books or people that write comic books are uh, centered around what the company that they, that they work for. Sure. The, um, the publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have to base stuff on the family-friendly whatever. So I don't think libertarianism is... Uh, there's a lot of stuff in libertarianism, like, I'm just going to throw that out Anarchy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bad name. Uh, you can't really write about anarchy and be taken seriously unless you're like Alan Moore or somebody, so. There was anarchy comics back in the 80s, but I don't know what happened to them. It was the 80s. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all race now. <laughs> that never happens. Uh, I remember some of it. It must have happened. They're sitting in a, in a uh, giant cardboard box in somebody's... Um, Back issues. I must have them because it's the only thing I saved, as I recall. I uh, I sold all my comic books for a set of Pirelli tires and um, priorities. The, I guess. Yeah, the only thing that I kept was Anarchy Comics one through four. Um, I I believe that the only anarchist comic book I know, or I shouldn't say anarchist, it's um, libertarian oriented comic book I know is Batman. Batman? Yeah, seriously. You are a big Batman fan, aren't you? I am a huge Batman fan. Oh, I see how it is. You gotta have your superheroes be billionaires. Well, I <laughs> that's mean, real accessible. I had this discussion with Josh the car earlier today <laughs> on our way here. Actually, we talk about Batman a lot. <laughs> um, that, like, well, the one thing I don't like about Batman is that he's very squeaky. 
He's what? He's very squeepy. Squeepy. What does yes. squeepy mean? Here's a word I don't um, know. A combination of crying, screaming, and weeping. <laughs> yeah, my parents are mental, dead. He's got uh, mental health issues. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, um, what drives him is the fact that his parents were murdered. Yeah. Though he should get over it because he's a billionaire, he doesn't. Yeah. So that's what drives him is the fact that he's squeepy. I don't yeah. know about Batman or Superman, but I'm I'm pretty sure that Spider Man doesn't kill his the people he's going after. Mostly Batman and Superman don't either. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to be a superhero and like off too many people. Sometimes uh-huh. it happens, but you know. Well, I guess a that's, rusty battery. Somebody gets tetanus in the <laughs> right. hospital, right? <laughs> like stuff like that. Accidents. The uh, what's what's the name of the asylum? Ar- Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum, where Batman puts the vast majority of his uh, his prey, prey? <laughs> for better or worse. Because he just he's like uh, I believe he's sort of like a masochist. Like he just wants them to come out again. And he's like, oh yeah, I just want to catch you again and beat you up. Like. He'd be useless and have nothing to do unless he brought the criminals back, right? Yeah, He'd be out of a job. You'd think that, uh, well, you know, when you're in the comic industry, you don't want to have to rethink of a new uh, villain all the time. Otherwise, you're just rehashing all the old uh, superpowers. But you'd think after, you know, Joker escapes twice and he just keeps on killing civilians, that if you liked civilians, you'd just go ahead and off the Joker. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not the way it goes. I guess yeah, sort of the idea of super- superheroes is that... They're kind of vigilantes, right? Because it's like in in the the existence of the comic, the police can't aren't efficient and they can't catch all the criminals. So that's where the superheroes come in. Yeah, I think it's a fresh. I think it is there is there is a frustration in in the sort of the the real world about the efficiency of law enforcement. So in the fantasy world of comics, they have created people that can can do the job a little better. Batman works with. The uh, policing organizations out there, as does uh, uh, mm-hmm. my favorite superhero, Captain America. He often work, works with the uh, policing organizations. Captain America, a little more in with the government than... You like the, Captain America? I had no idea. In, <laughs> right, I'm wearing my Captain America <laughs> underwear. I mean, that's how I'm into it. Yeah, yeah and I can prove it. <laughs> on the cam. Uh, yeah, you can prove yeah. your pants. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so the... <laughs> Yeah. Creep score one so far. <laughs> Only one? That's all? I was, I was, I was, I was referring. My to definition the... of a creep is probably a lot different than other. I guess people. Naomi has uh, very lower, lower standards. standards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, what is liberty oriented about uh, a Captain America? Or excuse me, about uh, Batman? Because you know, I don't, I don't read Batman comics and think to myself, well, this is liberty oriented. Well, you don't read Batman comics today. And I don't read much today. No, the, the newest Batman movie, I felt. There was some of that in there. I felt like I could see the the writing to, you know. I wish I could agree with you on that. You didn't. You didn't think so. Not really. You didn't think Heath Ledger was a good Joker. Oh, Dave, he's definitely a good Joker. Yeah, I have awesome. to agree with that. Yeah, hard to hard to disagree with that one. Very long Halloween, very scary. So they he could move his head in this this one, this newest one, right? It's been a couple of years since I've he's seen it now, so I've forgotten. Well, that's an interesting. Um, thing because um the new batman comics right now uh bruce wayne, bruce wayne is quote-unquote dead okay i'll rant about grant morrison later okay about my disdain for him but um right now it's um nightwing who is dick grayson my favorite character yeah, that's uh, uh robin, robin. Well, yeah, the, the original, original robin, robin for those yeah. that don't know um he's batman now so uh he still follows the philosophy of not killing people does he get the uh, uh does does he get the big mansion and all the gizmos of course he does. Okay. Just but right. like, unlike Bruce, he's smart. He built the Batcave somewhere else. Multiple Batcaves. Oh. So he's got it going. I, got, I got, gotcha. So he's, uh, but his Nightwing, he, he was a little more vicious, but he's uh, decided he's calmed down a little bit. He's had some mental health issues too. Yes. Okay. Um, he doesn't use guns. He doesn't kill people. But um, 
he does throttle people pretty good, <laughs> unlike what Bruce did. And uh, what I really like is Bruce never really left evidence. He just beat up bad guys and, and and pretty much throw them in a corner tied up. And the cops would be like, well, we can't prove they did anything. You just tied them up and threw them in a corner. Like, what did they do, you know? So now that Dick Grayson's Batman, he uh, leaves evidence. Leaves the clues for them yeah, to, to find. To find. Good. Um, I think they're starting to notice that he's not really the same Bruce Batman. Wayne. But he's, not, he's not following the same uh, yeah. systems. Could be. So, do you suspect they'll they'll bring Bruce Wayne back like they did with Steve Rogers, uh, which I uh, Captain America? Yeah, I. If they're gonna kill somebody, I wish they'd keep him dead. Uh, I was groaning about um, the person who writes the comic books right now. His name's Grant Morrison. He's the the uh, pretty much the bane of my existence. Okay, why's that? <laughs> he's the worst writer in the world <laughs> right now. He's got going on that um, Batman. Apparently, or Bruce, I should say Bruce Wayne, went back in time. He didn't really die. He just went back in time. And uh, now easy. he's pounding around in the Paleolithic times. He went through the, they had a pirate-oriented issue. Oh, God. They had a caveman issue. They had a um, Salem witch trials issue. And one where he's like Sherlock Holmes. Well, he'd make a good Sherlock Holmes. So they're saying all this stuff in history is just Batman doing it. That's quite revisionist. Yeah. More. Give us a call at uh, 603-435-1105. It's Girl Talk Live. Guys, calls come first. Talk Live, 603-435-1105. I, I, I feel the, the music's different than it usually is. Maybe maybe it's special for Sunday night. But we're not taking things very uh, very seriously here on uh, Girl Talk Live tonight. We're, uh, we're taking, uh, we're, we are taking your calls at 603-435-1105, but we're taking guy calls first. Because normally on Free Talk Live we take women's calls. But we've got ladies in the house, so it's... Hannah. Naomi. That's right. And Mark bringing... Uh, Girl Talk Live to you. And we have a call, ladies. So, uh, Naomi, we will talk more about libertarian... Something about the way Mark says ladies is just kind of creepy. Is it creepy? Is it ladies? Ladies. Gals? Bitches? What do you want? Bitches. (laughs) My hoes? Yeah, I I prefer to be called bitch. Mark's Mark's angels. Yeah, of course. Every girl Mark, I'm not your hoe. (laughs) Let's take this call. It's uh, Seth in New Hampshire. Seth, can you hear me now? I can. Excellent. Well, it's excellent to hear these lovely ladies on the air. They are lovely. Are you watching on the cam? I am, actually. Yeah. Um, and, this is my best day two, in radio. Two, two of my favorite ladies. I'm glad to see them on the air. So I've got two, a couple of things. Number one, um, Naomi, what do you think of Grant Morrison's work on The Invisibles, where he worked in things like Robert Anton Wilson and all this crazy radical freedom stuff, conspiracy I'm, theories, etc.? I won't doubt that he's not a great writer. I mean, he's he's done some good stuff in the past, but what he's done to Batman is completely un. It's just no, we don't talk about it. <laughs> it's terrible. And then, uh, really, what I want to talk about is I know that Hannah is a great songwriter, and Naomi Thanks. draws some incredible stuff. And of course, regular listeners know that the whole issue of intellectual property has been on Ian's lips for a while. This whole Shire Society, L. Neil Smith thing. And I'm wondering what the two of you think about the issue, since both of you are creative types. Well, I have some music up on my website, and 
Um, I allow people to download it for free, but I ask for donations on there. And it's that method has worked for me. I mean, I've gotten a lot more money than I would have gotten if I had sold each song. So that's Naomi. my... <laughs> What, I don't really have a website. <laughs> well, what do you think about uh, intellectual property as as a as an idea, though? I mean, what if somebody uses your? I guess I didn't really answer the question. <laughs> as your your comic art and decides, yeah, I'm going to put this in something I'm publishing, and I'm not going to credit Naomi or give her any money. Well, the same could be said about research, right? I mean, you pretty much uh, a lot of people say you can't copy copyright research, but we definitely give props to the person who did it, right? Yeah, like it's interesting <clears throat> because. We don't think of intellectual property in terms of, with writing in the same way. Like if you're writing a paper, you can you don't have to get someone's permission in order to take a quote from another person's book. You can quote that person as long as you give them credit, but you don't have to pay them to do that or get their permission. Right. So I think that that same rule can apply to music. You know, you can use someone else's piece as long as you give them credit. It's nice to get someone's permission, but I don't think that that should be required. Seth? No, that's that's. I just wanted to get get their opinion on it because I know that uh, you know one of the things that people keep saying is, well, but you're not creative types. You're just ripping other people off. And clearly, they both agree that uh, the idea of sharing things is a good thing. So. I, th- I think that if you like someone's work, you will support them, or you ought to. And if no one supports you, then you know uh, it's clear that you're not liked enough, and that you know your your work. And the, the, and the free market has basically said, nope, sorry, try again. Yeah. Well, there's a, and, and there's uh, it's all about it's to, to some extent it's about marketing too. You have to get your stuff out there, and one of the ways to get it out there is to give it away for free. That's what Free Talk Live does, and um, you know we've we've had fantastic growth. It may be because we run a quality show. It may be that we're two idiots that nobody wants to listen to, and we just uh, market it reasonably reasonably well. It may be somewhere in between. I I couldn't say for sure, but um, I I think let's put the difference. Let's say you're a genius, and well, we'll say other things about you. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Seth, for those who aren't aware, there's a, a post that Ian just put up today on Free Keen, going with a back and forth between me and him. So I can get away with that because he he went ahead and he went after me this morning. There so. you go. I Your mean, excuse. <laughs> Dealing with Ian. Look, Seth. I no, love you, Seth. There's, there's any way you have to deal with Ian, Seth. Just remember, he's my business partner, and how much worse <laughs> it must be for me. Exactly. Exactly. People say, well, if you just talk to him, you can eventually convince him. And I said, Mark does it almost every single day of the week, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> there's no, there's no fixing crazy. I'm sorry. Thanks for the All call, right, guys. Seth. Have a good show. Bye. 603-435-1105. Let your voice be heard here on Girl Talk Live. So we were going to talk about V for Vendetta, Naomi. Um, what what are your thoughts on V for Vendetta? This is the the, the seminal movie of movie at this point of the Liberty Movement. It it, it uh, everybody wanders around with uh, with these uh, what's his name Guy Fox masks on their silly yeah. hats and the, the clown mask. What, what do you think about that? <laughs> um... I don't really find um, V in the Vendetta comic books to be all that libertarian or anarchist. How so? Um, He straight up murders people. I mean, it's not even in self-defense. I mean, maybe in the self-defense of others, but it's for the greater good, right? Yeah, like say he's killing politicians. Well, yeah, it's like the Fight Club theory or actually there's a great, uh, he blows up parliament. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, there's innocent people in that building. I know he warns them a year before (laughs) that, you know, but... Seriously, seriously. He did blow it up at night, too. 
but security guards, whatever. I mean, innocent people died in that building. He's taking away the rights of others, which is not very libertarian, I have to say. I I can see, you know, for me, uh, V's fits into that normal area, area with it. Like Alex Jones says, you have to get mad. Well, I think that you people do get mad at some point and when they when they find the ideas of liberty. Then if you don't get yourself unmad and get peaceful at some point, you're never going to go anywhere because nobody wants to hear some raving lunatic talk about, you know, blowing up buildings and, and things like that. That's just it. It's it's not a uh, it's not constructive and it's not going to get people on your side. Yeah, I don't think that you can always control your emotions, but I think you can control how you react to them. And that's what's, that's what's important. Seriously. And you know, and I can understand. I, I tend to, for one, um, the violence is a very important part of comics. I mean, if you don't have the the onomatopoeias, the bam, wow, pow, if you don't have those, you don't have much in comics. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree with that? Like yeah. the. Well, I mean, another thing that really bothers me is the fact that he kidnaps somebody. The the girl. Oh yeah, that's straight up kidnapping. He the takes sh- her. He brainwashes her. Well, to be honest, he brainwashes her. She didn't think the way she did before. He locks her in the room. She gets like Stockholm syndrome. But it was and for then, her own good. This oh, is, for her own good to be kidnapped and thrown in a cage like this is the, the police do? relatively common in all kinds of mediums. I mean, this is, you know, and I would be pissed if I was a woman, right? <laughs> the idea that um, that they, you know, can be taken by force, you know, clubbed over the head and drugged by the hair and then uh, convinced. It, it, this is... I've used this example in the past when uh, in The Graduate where Dustin Hoffman comes during the wedding and he's up there in the glass in the church and he's banging and going, Elaine, Elaine, and he's busting up these people's wedding. This crazy man is banging on the glass, hollering at the bride. And then what do they do? What does the writer do? He gives the girl to the crazy guy up there. I mean, this is it. What it does is it fosters in in young men who, who, you know, learn how to deal with women to some extent through pop pop medium. It teaches them that, well, the girl really does want you. The one that doesn't want you really does mm. want you. That's crazy effing bullcrap. Yeah, don't and be creepy. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> can, you can't do that. You, they, you, no. <laughs> if she says she doesn't want you, she means no. No means no. Yeah. Except when it means yes. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's an aspect to that, too. Which to Mark is always. Yeah. <laughs> right. They, they all mean yes to me. It's always yes. <laughs> Four three five eleven oh five. Girl Talk Live. Six oh three four three five eleven oh five. It's Mark with you. And Hannah. And Naomi. That's right. It's Girl Talk Live. I've got the only Y chromosome in the whole studio. <laughs> and you'll just have to take my word on it. Uh, give us a call at 603-435-1105. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. Well, we've been talking about, with Naomi, a bit of a comic expert here. Yeah, you've, I wouldn't say that. No? No. Not compared to the people on Wikipedia. Not even aficionado. No, <laughs> Jesus, the Wikipedia is hell. No. <laughs> it's crazy. I was just looking at Steve Ditko's page on Wikipedia, and it, what really bothers me about this is not the fact that there's a giant, giant page on Wikipedia about Steve Ditko. It's the fact that it has everything he's ever worked on. 
And Some, it's probably not written by a member of his family. It's probably written by fans. Somebody knows. Somebody knows all of this. Yeah. Um, if you go on, uh, Free Talk Live's got a page there, and they, they know our whole history. There. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a little old because nobody keeps it up to date, and we add stations so so quickly. So uh, somebody listening out there, go change our Wikipedia page. I refuse to do it. It seems uh, it's it, it seems Be sure wrong. to add the part about Mark being creepy. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's got to be in there already. Um, <laughs> So we were, let's see, we were talking about uh, V for Vendetta. You, you already kicked sand in somebody's face by saying you didn't, you didn't think that was anarchist enough. Uh, what uh, Steve Ditka, obviously a uh, libertarian. He's the creator of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Those are probably his two big, uh, uh, big creations. Spent much time reading his stuff? Um, it's quite old. Yeah, so I've read some of the essentials. Like they have these big books that come out about Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, um, I've read that stuff, but it's really dry and it's really hard to, to sit through and read all of it. So that's how I kind of feel is the newer comics are better. And oh, yeah, I, I, you know, when I I just I guess I've always felt that way when it, when they were always coming out. I wanted the new one and I like the the new art now better than I like the old art. And um, I'm sure that I know there's people out there that like the old stuff better. And I, I, I guess that's fine. But I just I like to see the new stuff. It does bother me how much they charge for a single comic book now, though. It's like, well, it's publishing and um, all that nonsense. Sure, it's like four bucks a piece. Yeah, um, actually, the great thing about comic books right now is they're not printing as many as they used to, um, so that they go up in value. Oh, like back in the eighties and like the um, Bronze Age, Silver Age stuff like mm-hmm. that. They um, they they printed so many of them that that stuff isn't really worth money anymore. But now they're starting to. Um, Aren't a lot of comics available online too? Uh, yeah, mostly Marvel has online subscriptions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Marvel has, has a big online subscription, which I I'm. I like I'm ambivalent on that. Why in the world would you undercut your comic stores by putting all your stuff online? Well, you have to pay for the subscription. Sure, five bucks a year. I mean, I could pay five dollars a year and then never go to another comic store. I don't know if I think mm-hmm. that that it's that great. However, I can say that every single weekday I go to uh, BigHeadPress.com and I read the Escape from Terra comic. I am just mm-hmm. rabid about that mm-hmm. thing. And then three times a week, Phoebus Crone comes uh, uh, out on the same thing. It's probably a little less liberty-oriented, a little more pirate, <laughs> a little more space piratey. But I love those space pirates. Yeah, everybody loves a space pirate. Plus, uh, the the guy who draws the comics really does a great pair of bazoombas. And <laughs> is that all you care about? <laughs> Creepy. I, I read. I read it for the articles. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I so, don't. <laughs> but uh, the Escape from Terra. They've always got a new thing going on, and you, every day you get a new installment. So I like that. But I haven't. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been in. I guess I'm not a good example because I'm not going into comic book stores too often and buying stuff. I've I've bought a few important Captain America yeah, issues. In the I think last I do years. enough of that for the both of us. So, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Do you. Which one do you go to here in Keene? Uh, uh, comic Boom in Keene is my favorite. Comic um, Boom is an awesome place. Corey is a very good store owner. I really like his store. Yep. Um, yeah, he sells stuff for a pretty good price. I, mm-hmm. I really like it and plus tax-free. So, or yeah. mostly tax-free anyway, I should think. I would think here in New Hampshire that yeah. uh, on comics. I'm not really sure. Yeah, so, I don't know what kind of so, tax. Sorry, back to... Um, sorry, I forgot the name. Of, oh, Escape from Terror. Um, does Big Head Press make money off of having those comics available online? They have uh, ads on the website. Okay, yeah, that's and, a good method. But I, I don't think that they're a big generator. They're probably uh-huh. enough to keep the web server paid. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you just don't make that much as far as revenue goes on uh, banner ads on your website. Uh-huh. I know. We have them on ours. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, you know, of course, the idea really is is to get people so excited about the comic that they're going to buy the book. And it is out yeah. now, and you can you should be able to go to your oh, okay. comic book store near you. Um, if not, go to Big Head Press, and, and they will find uh, some way to get it to you. That's BigHeadPress.com. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a great series. I don't know how far the, the first book goes. Um, I've just been keeping up online. So, um, anything more on comics, or shall I jump into show, some show? I was going to go back to Guy uh, V for Vendetta. Yeah, Guy Fox. And I don't know a lot about the history of Guy Fox, but I, I'm what I, I remember reading about him. Yeah, he wasn't actually pro freedom. No, he, no, he was wasn't. trying. I believe he was trying to overthrow his government. He was either to put Catholic another government in, in, right, in its place. Catholic yeah. guy. He wants right. a Catholic government. Right, right. Yeah, which is just ironic because. Yeah, I think that I he don't was even picked... think V knew about Guy Fox. I think he read the Wikipedia article. It's like, oh well, that's right. <laughs> I think he 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 liked him because he tried to. He was uh, the, probably the closest, most successful guy to blowing up uh, the Parliament building. He had a really cool face. Well, I guess. I mean, I, don't I mean, know. the mask. It makes a good mask. <laughs> <laughs> Fine I mask, mean, supposedly. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't really find V for Vendetta to be very libertarian at all. I find it to be like Alan Moore, pretty much like. Locked in an attic somewhere. He looks like Rasputin. It's really scary. Is Alan Moore the one who did Ronin too? Uh, I think that was Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, Alan Moore is kind of crazy. So uh, haven't met him. Crazy in a good way. Well, neither <laughs> have I. But it clearly comes out in his comic books. Um, I think he just sits in an attic all day and pretty much just writes stuff. You know, um, V for Vendetta came out while I, while I was working at a comic store, and I couldn't get terribly excited about it. I mean, yeah, I was very wordy. a self-proclaimed anarchist at the time, yeah. more like an anarcho-communist than anything, but I didn't really know the difference. I just mm-hmm. liked the symbol. And, um, I, you know, I st- it was it was wordy, and that was I, I just found it difficult to... to it's I remember like the, Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get through. Watchmen I enjoyed. I, um, I dug that one more, but I think it was on after the second or third reading that I finally got into it. But these are some of the, the, big, the big ones that you pretty much have to have read. If, I mean, these are the, what they call the graphic novel, and I think that they deserve the term. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely have to give a big prop out to um, Dale Everett for his comic book. Yeah, Anarchy in, in Your Head. Anarchy in Anarchy in your head. Yeah, head. I read that. That's a good one. I, when, when he puts out new ones, I wish he'd, uh, wish he'd keep them out on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. I, I loved Anarchy, but I think she ran away. Yeah. I haven't heard from her in a while. Anyway, 603-435-1105. We're, uh, we're taking it easy here on a Sunday. It's not uh, your normal free talk. Live. They're like, oh, great. They're talking about nerd stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our, yeah. our listeners love it. <laughs> but we can, we can jump into the, the normal show prep. I've, I've got some normal stuff unless you want to go someplace. Have you uh, checked out the Su- Superhero City game on Facebook? No, I have not. No, there's on Facebook they got one of those games that it's it's not animated really. It's just kind of like clicking, you know. I'm all about bejeweled blitz. Yeah, that's that's mm. a, that's my specialty. It, it, it's on <laughs> Facebook too, but this one is called Superhero City. You, you make your own uh, hot chick superhero, and you'd you, be into that, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I like the guys to message Ding, another me. creepy point. <laughs> Buzzing. <laughs> but you can go make your uh, your character and, and fight villains and do adventures and things like that. But I, I don't know why I like these games where you just click around. You don't actually get, I mean, it's not like a video game where you're using controllers and stuff. It's yeah, uh, well, boring. <laughs> anyway, let's go on to some real show prep. I got some stuff here. So an ex-judge, this is from Cron.com. Uh, love the name. Love the name of that newspaper. Cron.com. Ex-judge says prison unfair and cruel to him. As a prisoner, former U.S. District uh, Judge Samuel B. Kent has been 
shunted into solitary confinement, forced to hear the screams of another inmate being raped and ordered by a cruel sergeant into the Florida prison system to do calisthenics in the nude, according to allegations in the uh, federal court memorandum filed Tuesday. Kent has requested his 33-month sentence be vacated and adjusted based on his allegations of inhumane and unfair treatment. Now, this guy has sent how many people to these same prisons to be treated the same way. Karma. And that now, doesn't really justify the, the act, though. I mean, mean, one can easily say, yeah, oh, yeah, he deserves it, totally, but... I mean. Oh, I, I concur completely. I don't think anybody should be treated inhumanely, inc- including this judge. However, isn't it ironic? 603-435-1105. Girl Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. It's Mark with you. And Hannah. And Naomi. Excellent. And uh, while you're at it, go to Free Talk Live and check out the listening options. There are all kinds of listening options there. We've got, uh, if you go to listen.freetalklive.com, we have live streams, webcam. You can see the the lovely ladies here that are uh, accompanying me in the studio. The best looking crew we've ever had here on Free Talk Live. And uh, the listen lines. I thought Ian was your friend. He is. He's just ugly. I'm saying bad things about him, Mark. I'm going to tell him. Yeah, he's, he's been running around topless, though. <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunate. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Ladies love that. Yeah. yeah right. Ian, Ian's actually been building up some arm muscle. I think he's been doing some push-ups or something. What do you mean by some? Like, less than very little? <laughs> some meaning any. Yeah. And the listen lines. You can listen uh, You can listen anywhere by calling in the, those lines. I'll give you the numbers there uh, at listen.freetalklive.com. Hey, everybody. Go to english.freetalklive.com if you would like to make 20 to $30 an hour all online from your home. You'll be conducting English conversations on Skype with folks from other countries like Japan, for example. So get this. They will pay you handsomely and help keep up their already learned English. Let's say Kaiko from Japan knows that if she doesn't use it, she'll lose it. She needs you for her natural English-speaking gift. So get the ebook and discover how to find these passionate people who will pay to talk to you on Skype. So check out english.freetalklive.com and start your own online English conversation business. That's english.freetalklive.com. You'll love yourself for it. <laughs> Are you saying that Kaiko needs a, uh, a passionate Skyping? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm just reading a script. So okay, english.freetalklive.com. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't met her. Sounds Maybe like a nice, nice lady, though. So we were reading a judge, uh, excuse me, a, a story here from cron.com about a, a judge who's claiming uh, that suddenly prison seems oh so cruel and unfair. And uh, Naomi, you were making the point that because uh, just because the judge has sent hundreds and thousands of people to prison, that it, that doesn't mean it's OK to treat him in an unfair manner. Well, I mean, the president can be said, is it, is it OK to shoot the president, even though he's made some bad decisions? I don't know. Um, I, I, I think it's a bad choice 
to do so, but I think that the president is responsible for a great deal of murder. I don't believe this judge thinks he's responsible for it, though. Well, sorry, what did the judge go to jail for? Exactly. Okay. The former Galveston-based federal judge was impeached by Congress, uh, I assume that's a state, and resigned in June 2009 after being convicted of obstruction of justice. He uh, admitted in a related plea deal that he lied about having repeated unwelcome sexual contact with two female court employees. Don't know what that means? A legal action this uh, this week, Kent argues that he has uh, been unjustly labeled a sex offender by the Federal Bureau of Prisons and wrongly excluded from a substance abuse treatment program that could have reduced his sentence by as much as a year. The court followings argue that the U.S. District uh, Judge Roger Vinson, a senior court judge from Florida, also believed Kent would be treated more fairly and would uh, qualify for the program at the time of sentencing. So because he's uh, uh, been called a sex offender for touching... Uh, unwanted sexual contact with the two employees um, because he's a sex offender. He can't take the drug treatment program and get his sentence reduced, which is only 33 months anyway. But I imagine it really sucks sitting in solitary confinement that whole time. So sorry, unwanted by the females yes. that he was touching? Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm suspecting. Like rape or just? Oh, it's probably grabbing parts and things oh. like that. You know, a little, little. Well, I don't think he deserves to be locked in a cage for grabbing someone's parts. I guess, it, you know, it's it's one thing to grab parts. It's another thing if uh, somebody feels that they can't say anything about it because it's their mm-hmm. boss doing it. And it makes a very it makes a very bad uh, work environment. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, well, what's the restitution for that? I mean, as an anarchist, I believe in restitution. No, I'm 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 with you. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the guy necessarily that and that reputation is important, too. Yep. You know, like now he has a bad reputation well, when you're of abusing yeah. his coworkers. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? So, let's see. Um, Instead, Kent says he's been transferred from prison to prison without explanation, times prevented from communicating his whereabouts with his wife or his attorney, and forced to spend long stints in solitary. How's it feel, us? (laughs) Oh, yeah, seriously. Once for 43 consecutive days. He's now assigned to an unnamed maximum security facility in uh, Florida, state prison system, where the allegedly, uh, the alleged mistreatment only worsened Kent's attorney, Dick... Uh, what's his name here? I, I, I'm not even going to attempt to. And said the uh, BOP inmate. Uh, see, this is what I don't get. A Bureau of Prison is a federal thing, but he's in a Florida state system. The BOP inmate website didn't de- disclose Kent's current location. Uh, his lawyer linked Kent's treatment to torture. Attorneys for both Kent's victims and no, had no immediate comment on the judge's request for reconsideration of his sentence. One thing I can tell you is that if he wasn't a judge, he wouldn't be getting any kind of reconsideration at all. No one would mm-hmm. care. Go ahead and rot. And he wouldn't I, have, have... <laughs> I have to ask myself, he is a judge and he went to jail for the sexual stuff, correct? That's that, that's what I'm getting from the story. He had some really bad attorneys. <laughs> I mean, that should be like an easy thing to kind of get out of if you're a judge, right? That He was had a really terrible attorney. Yeah, I don't know. That's, or he did something really worse than that. I mean, there's maybe quite the, the the witch hunt on on sexual offenses, though. I mean, you know, it's that's that's one thing that if you get labeled with that, you, it's really difficult to say, uh, you know, it didn't happen. If, for instance, on the way out of here, one of you decides to claim that I've grabbed your butt on the way out of the studio. Everybody's going to believe I did. Oh, me and Hannah have already talked about this. <laughs> I mean, How much money can we get out of this guy? <laughs> Nobody's going to believe for a second that I didn't get me a big old handful of cute liberty fanny and i'm i'm just i i'm gonna be vilified for it so i suspect that um i suspect he did it but that's why that's why it's so difficult to to throw off Mm -hmm. these uh these beliefs because i already believe the guy did it 
I don't know this guy. I wasn't there. <laughs> don't you think he did it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just not. He should. I don't know. Locked in a cage, maybe not, but um, he should get the same treatment as everybody else. Well, I think that uh, I think what you said is far. Yeah, it, it would. I agree with you that it's not fair that everybody. It's not fair he gets it. It's not fair that everybody else gets it in a, in a lot of ways. I think some people deserve prison cells, but I think that he'd have been a lot better off with uh, some, um, you know, paying these these gals something for their their trouble because yeah. what are they getting now? You know what? What did they get out of the deal? Maybe maybe they got some small promotion or something at work. I doubt it, but. You know, they they may have the, uh, you know, they may, may feel good that the guy's in in jail, but they're not getting anything out of it. They they if if they were truly molested in some way, some terrible, awful way, that uh, then then they should you know get some kind of restitution for it. I think that's the the way to go about it. Instead of using our tax money to pay for him, <laughs> yes, pay for his life. Says uh, says the, the in the criminal prosecution and uh, and congressional testimony, Kent was accused of repeatedly groping his former case manager, both on and under her clothing. Once attempting, how do you get up under her clothing? Once attempting to force her to perform oral sex. How do you force that? That seems like a really bad thing to try to force. That's why he's in jail, Mark. <laughs> He's also accused of forcing uh, caresses on his secretary and performing unwanted digital and oral sex on her. Digital, digital. Well, <laughs> Is that like sexting? It's fing- fingering. Digital? Yes, oh, I these get. These are your digits. Uh, yeah. You what? Get, you gotta say. You <laughs> they gotta can't say, say it in that fashion, right? Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> in court papers, Kendall alleges his mistreatment as a prisoner began uh, in June '09, the very day he reassigned as a judge. At that point, at that time, Ken was uh, assigned to the Devon Federal Prison, a medical evaluation facility in the U.S. Bureau of Prison Systems in Massachusetts. Ken um, Kent. Resigned days after becoming the 14th judge in U.S. history to be impeached by a vote of the U.S. House of Representatives. My mistake. I thought it was a state. And the resignation allowed him to avoid removal from the bench through. So it is a democracy. Yeah, through a full (laughs) U.S. uh, Senate trial. That day, BOP staff locked Kent wearing only a smock and carrying only a single sheet in a filthy, completely empty cell where the temperature was kept at 60 degrees. They do that to keep the uh, germs down. The only bed in the room was raised concrete slab with no mattress, and the light was kept on constantly. This is how it is, and it's only coming to light because a judge is in there. Mm. We'll talk about the fancy new uh, jail cell up in Keene here. You get to talk through it. You don't even get to get out of your cage. You sit in your cage, and you talk to your family members and your relatives through a TV. Oh, yeah, it's a TV, it's TV really visitation. Terrible. That yeah. sucks. You know, I, conjugal visits are just like sexting now, I guess. Yeah, there's no such yeah. thing. Con, conjugal visits are extraordinarily rare. There's one of these things that people trot around like cable TV that uh, convicts have, and it's extraordinarily rare. Most of them have to deal with uh, having visits through glass and talking on telephones or being on TV monitors and stuff like that. And, you know, you're looking forward to one thing when you're in jail, is seeing your family, and you don't get to give them a hug and a kiss. And, you know, especially and in... AIDS. What's that? And AIDS. <laughs> especially it's in not jail. funny guys AIDS isn't funny <laughs> especially it's a serious in, issue <laughs> especially in jail where you have uh where you're not even supposed to be guilty until you've been proven so by a court of law and you've got to sit in uh, they, they won't let you see your family seems very wrong to me mm. 603-435-1105 it's it's girl talk live and doing something completely different here on a sunday night Give us a call. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about.
Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. It's the top of the hour. We're going to go straight into the calls. Jason. Yes. You want to talk about V for Vendetta? Yes. um, Sure. You want to try to out-nerd Naomi here? Well, this was actually I was calling because I wasn't really going to, I don't know, talk about, well, I guess I was going to talk about the movie, but um, there's a link online or on YouTube, a video of, that I created after analyzing some information that I found in, uh, after I saw a video um, on YouTube describing how you can fold a 10, a 20, um, a 50, $100 bill um, to create an image. Mm-hmm. And how, um, and so I use that with the V thing to to uh, pretty much create a, uh, a statement about, you know, how sometimes uh, these people do have, um, and and they've definitely shown so far that they have um, pre-existing knowledge of what happened. Who's these people? What are you talking about? Um, you know, um, with the project for a new American century. They, they talked to a lot of the key members, Bilderberg Group, a lot of the key members, the Trilateral Commission, a lot of key members. Like, I just think that they, um, they've definitely put information out there, um, or information has been uncovered, um, as well as, you know, Larry Silverstein talking about how he pulled building number seven. Um, and so he I also think retracted that, that later, said that he, um, he, he actually was pulling the fire team from building number seven. Okay. Um, I mean, you don't have to believe it. I'm just saying that that's what he said. I'm just, right. That's what he said. Um, so I just, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to put that out there and see if uh, interest, uh, uh, listeners would be interested in seeing a, um, a creative video based on V and what's going on with our current state and in, uh, in 9-11 truth. How do they find it? Um, you can go to YouTube and you can uh, search Fight the Empire, all one word. Okay. Um, then you'll see a picture of V holding a dollar up, um, or you could look up V Dollar Trick. And oh, fight the empire ought to be enough. Go to YouTube.com and, and search "fight the empire." Right. Exactly. Yes. Thanks very much, Jason. Appreciate the call. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. So, um, we actually during the break we dis- we were started discussing something. Uh, Naomi, uh, there was a there was a comment in the the chat room. If you will uh, read it, so that. Uh, uh, it's about me because I was using as an example how difficult it is to be charged with a sex crime and, and not look innocent. And I was uh, suggesting that if on the way out of the studio, for whatever reason, I were to grab one of you, uh, your young lady, young, young female fannies while walking out the door, that no one actually be uh, accused of it, that no one would believe that I didn't do it. If Mark grabbed butt, would it be an initiation of force? Right, and so I guess we should, you know, that, that's grabbed butts. <laughs> that's, that's a legitimate Man-handled. question. Handled, and it is an initiation of force. If you decide that you're going to, if I if I decide that I'm going to grab a fanny, um, it you know, it, it, and it was unwelcome. Yeah, that's an initiation of force. I don't think that you can do the uh, the thing that was suggested when I was at, you know college age was that you should ask every step of the way to mm-hmm. the girl whether you know I assume the girl maybe could ask too, but uh, you should ask the other person every step of the way. May I kiss you on the lips now? May I unbutton your blouse? Like it's just it's weird. Please and don't it's just, do that. What's that? I said please don't do that. Yeah, that's just not going to really work <laughs> out. But I think that if you 
overstep your bounds. You need to apologize and you know do whatever it is to make the other person feel better. Usually, they're going to let it go um, if you you know if you actually act contrite rather than act like a creepy rapist guy. That's Mark's experience, anyway. <laughs> well, I haven't had. I've been. I've had my fanny grab before, but it's not like I was going to do anything about it. I mean, people just. <laughs> was it by a woman or another man? I've had my fanny grab by both. Oh, people just walk by. What was it different? Was a difference between a woman or a man? Not really. Um, what do you I mean? You haven't had your fanny grabbed. Does somebody just walk by and just grabbed it? Of course. OK, so I mean, what did you do about it? You just kind of like, wow, I like just grabbed my ass. What can you do about right, it? Nothing. I mean, throw rocks at him. I mean, it could have curb stomped him, but that'd be a little excessive. <laughs> right. It just doesn't like, seem like it's worth it. Yeah, it's not really worth it. You know. What restitution would I possibly get out of it? I'd slap him. Would yeah. he learn? Not really. <laughs> they never learn. Yeah, I, it just. I, I think that if if he stands around after he did it, like maybe he just like it's, it's show, showing how much more brazen he would be. And I think that he deserves a, a good scolding at that point. But I, <laughs> oh, judge, don't grab girl spots. <laughs> well, that's inappropriate. <laughs> but he probably got that at some point and just kept on doing whatever it was he was doing because he's a judge and he knew he could get away with it. And um, it's speculation. Though. I mean, you don't really. What's it? Speculating that he, you know, probably was warned at one point and then he kept you I'm know. speculating indeed I, I'm just guessing that that's what it um you know how it went but uh what, what was the the claim here was that um the 14th judge in U.S. history to be impeached by the U.S. House of Representatives mm-hmm. he knew his chances were pretty good of being able to fondle the uh the, the female staff and get away with it mm. that so I how was he in the beginning I don't know I couldn't say <laughs> I'm just I'm just guessing that he he probably kind of smooths him into it so does that uh, you think that I think we've uh, properly addressed what uh, initiation of force on on ass grabbing? Yes. Yeah. Hannah, had I've, anybody ever walk by? Just walk by? Yeah, I can't think of of any instance. Does that make you feel now bad? I feel left out. Sort that, of. Uh, we've been fondled and you I, haven't. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, you feel so Mark might take care of that for you after <laughs> right. the show. If you're, See now, uh, everybody's going to believe it. Hannah, <laughs> um, I I wouldn't object. Certainly, I would not object. <laughs> His wife would. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> curb no stomping. More. Yeah, curb stomping, right. <laughs> curb stomping. More like couch sleeping. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's away in Indiana right now, so I won't have to sleep oh, on the couch. Oh, it's okay then, I guess. <laughs> they, know, they know. They know. They <laughs> know. Somebody, it's for radio. Yeah, so it's for- <laughs> one of her friends is probably listening and cutting this clip right now. <laughs> 603-435-1105. Uh, we had enough of the judge story. You want to go on and... Uh, Talk about some more good news. Sure. Okay. Police kill family pet during search warrant. Find nothing. That's nothing new. Yeah. Uh, it's the will willitsnews.com. Mendocino uh, Major Crimes Task Force agents aid by uniformed Willits police officers serving a search warrant at whatever street. Killed a family pet, an eight-year-old half-pit mix named Tonka. These agents searched the home. They found nothing directly linking the residents to the arrest of the this fella, the target of the search. The uh, let's see, who's this person here that they're claiming? This Nish, Nishiyama uh, alleges Gerber sold chemicals uh, to the manufacturer of methamphetamines to undercover agents. Has been observed at sixty four Franklin. That's the the location with marijuana starts. What are marijuana starts? It must be small plants. The same day, search warrants were served in locations in Livermore and Covello. In the same case in Covello, officers found 300-plus marijuana plants at that site. So 
Nishiyama says, I know the officer felt terrible about the shooting. You may have the nicest dog in the world, but uh, we don't know it. Officers are unauthorized, uh, are authorized to defend themselves. We offered to take the dog and take care of it. This is after they shot it. Mm. (laughs) But the uh, family preferred to handle the arrangements themselves. (laughs) I I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) You've just shot the dog. According to resident Anna White, Tonka's owner, the police shot her pet while it was in a fenced area in her front porch. Well, don't you know? It was the dog's marijuana <laughs> <laughs> you shooting it he was just you know self-defense that was dangerous he was a drug dealer i guess they didn't they didn't want to waste time because they were afraid that they might do something to the evidence so they just they busted right through well, it was the a terrible air- terrible pit bull i mean those pit bulls are so awful I I couldn't speak to it. You'd think you could tell the owner to put the dog away. I mean, obviously, some dogs don't like you coming in their yard, but I suspect they didn't want to wait for the owner to put the dog away because they were afraid that the that, that some kind of evidence would be... So once this dog is a victim of the drug war, is essentially... Or they were things. just on an adrenaline high and wanted to shoot anything in their path. But they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have gotten a search warrant if it hadn't uh-huh. been for the drugs in the first place. And most, the vast majority of the search warrants are. are Heaven drug forbid somebody shoot one of their dogs. Oh. <laughs> you go to prison for that. Indeed, it's a five up to five year sentence wow. in, in the state of Florida. According to Anna White, the um, we found a shell casing in the Finston area. Tonka ran into the house, got into my bed, died. White described her bedroom following the search, claiming Tonka's body had been dumped from the bed onto the floor. And items from her room were dropped into onto the body and onto into the dog's blood. They destroyed the house and found nothing, White says. Tonka lived long enough to die in my bed, which we shared each night. And are they going to be held accountable for this? No. Girl Talk Live, 603-435-1105. It's Mark with you. And Hannah. And Naomi. That's right. Now, Naomi, you're enjoying a uh, frosty <laughs> beverage here uh, while we're on the air. It, and Is this an intervention? It's I, it's not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a delicious, delicious beer. Are you commenting on the fact that I'm It would be a violation air? of FCC rules. It's if, 8.20. If we were, in fact... Hmm. Um, well, I'm an anarchist, so that's really not going to work know? for me. <laughs> How would they know you were drinking They beer? don't. It's a stupid rule. It's yet, yet another one of their... <laughs> they should send I'm it to the lab beer. and test it for alcoholic contents. <laughs> Waste wonder, some taxpayers' money. Would it be okay for me to have an O'Doul's on air? Because, I mean, does that... Why not? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> stupid rules. Uh, it's We're not on any FCC licensed stations tonight, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, I was just... I'm just you know, making the comment. It's all these silly Pointing out like the that. fact that I'm an alcoholic. Well, you know, nothing wrong with a crusty cold beverage. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not really. 603-435. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> nothing. I was like, seriously. No. no. <laughs> we uh, just finished a story about the uh, cops killing the family pet. Love that. It's like you just can't have a dog anymore. They're just going to shoot it. Mm. I know what it's like to lose a pet. I had a cat that died of diabetes, so it wasn't shot, but... You get attached to, to them. Yeah, I mean, sure. they're like a part of your family. So. I had a weird experience that I didn't quite understand. I had a goldfish 
that I got really attached really, to. Really, Mark? A goldfish? I know. It doesn't... Really, Mark? It's sad. A goldfish? I mean, you're not supposed to get so attached to the you're animal. You're comparing but, a goldfish to a dog being shot. Though. I I actually had a sm- one small tear well up in my eye from mm. uh, the goldfish dying. It's a heartening story. I killed him myself. I uh, put oh. the wrong kind of water in the tank and killed him. You just admitted to murder. <laughs> yeah. His name was Lucky because he had survived so many weird things and Lucky wasn't that lucky that day. It's <laughs> a lot of irony on this show today. <laughs> I, I never understood the fascination with having fish because you can't do anything with them. Like, isn't part of the joy of having it an animal it doesn't that judge you, can you. Pet them? <laughs> the fish won't judge you. That's why Mark got it. <laughs> I think that I have a fish tank. Um, I would say that the reason that people do it is... They're interested in the animals, and they want uh-huh. to create the, the the space that is the aquarium. Mm. You know, I mean, you. I'm interested in eating fish. The yeah, fish, if they can be delicious, not not usually aquarium fish. Yeah. So. They're deficious. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an Oscar, and I hear that they're not very good uh, eating. And a mm. Placostomus. I have a six, uh, seven inch Placostomus. Is he grouchy? The Placostomus? No, that's the, <laughs> the <guy>. Oscar. <laughs> Guys are always lying about the size of their Placostomi. Anyway, <laughs> giggity. <laughs> So, uh, story here, man who shushed trooper sues over being tasered. (laughs) You know it's going to be a good story. You calm down. You shh. shh. (laughs) That's what he did. Don't tase me, bro. A Washington County man who was asleep in the back of a cab claims he was shocked with a taser because he shushed a state trooper when the man tried to wake him. uh, Philip S. Uh, Chapel 29 of Washington filed a federal lawsuit Thursday against the state police as well as uh, Trooper Jeffrey, whatever his name is, Osorodsky, uh, claiming the officer had no reason to take aggressive action against him. On August 8, 2008, Mr. Chapel and a friend attended a preseason Steelers football game and they got they continued to enjoy postgame celebration, which means they were mm-hmm. S faced <laughs> early the next morning. The men hired a cab to take them back to Washington but both fell asleep during the trip. According to the lawsuit, the cab driver presumably was unable to wake them. So he drove them to the state police barracks on Myrtland Avenue and Washington, arriving just after 2 a.m. When the trooper attempted to wake Mr. Chapel, he shushed the trooper and fell back asleep. The trooper again tried to wake him. Mr. Chapel shushed him again. Shushed him again. <laughs> Go shush, guy. <laughs> we should shush the police now. Civil disobedience. <laughs> at that point, the lawsuit said the trooper fired his taser at the sleeping man. <laughs> this will get, get him up. We don't want to put any water in the cab, right? Yeah, right. Like, just urinate all. Maybe they the should have like lower voltage uh you know a drunk waking tasers rather mm. than the, the if you're 000. drunk you're not going to feel it <laughs> the low low voltage one i wouldn't think so 10,000 volts might uh, wake you up this was the 50,000 volts can cops not touch people anymore are they didn't like to like jar you awake by a little tap to the head or yeah i don't know i would is that it, assault or is, some, is grabbing somebody's arm and trying to shake them is that assault You'd think he could just he could have just grabbed one of them, pulled them out of the car, and they. That's what they it. typically would do. Yeah, that would. But the taser actually seems like more fun. Yeah, the tasers. Right. I mean, you know, that's that's what it is. It's the opportunity to use uh, the electroshock to, to shock a drunk. Yeah, to torture device. The complaint said that the taser sent fifty thousand volts of electricity through Mister Chapel's body, and argues that the officers are trained to use the weapon only when subjects are resisting arrest or being aggressive. At no time did Chapel pose any threat to the officer or to himself or others. Mr. Chapel was cited for disorderly conduct, sleeping. On citation, <laughs> Trooper um, Osorodsky wrote, Defendant did create offensive condition by an act which serves no legitimate pers- 
purpose to wit the defendant did in a yellow cab shush a trooper <laughs> while the trooper was given yes that's the way he spelled it given him verbal commands to exit the vehicle the charge was later dismissed by a magisterial uh, district judge, so that didn't fi- that Who didn't wrote work. that? That's <laughs> because it's stupid. <laughs> it sounds like it was written in like the 15th century. It's ridiculous. I now proclaim the drunk man here. <laughs> Mr. Chapel claims he uh, sustained a variety of injuries in the accident. I'm sure more after he, the, uh, <laughs> the, the case was dismissed, including burns, numbness, scarring, post-traumatic stress he also notes in his lawsuit that he had a implanted pacemaker since he was 13 years old uh, you shouldn't go around shocking guys with pacemakers the suit includes civil rights claims for violating mr chapel's first amendment rights to freedom of expression that's shushing um as well as <laughs> retaliation and battery mm. so there you oh, go we're totally shushing cops now yeah felony shushing I, I I don't think they'll get it if you just uh, go and, and and shush any random cop. They probably don't read this stuff. They just, just they're just like regular folks. They're not reading the news. They don't know what's going on. Meh. They're out busy trying to find somebody's dog to shoot. I guess. Mm. Well, you know those those damn damn dogs. Those drug dealers' dogs always dealing drugs. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so, um, this cat that you had, Hannah, uh, died of diabetes. Was it fat? I don't remember. I was young. Fat is a very um, offensive word. Offensive yeah. word. I have a big fat <laughs> cat. Twenty-two pounds of white hot Husky feline fur. No, or no, he's fat. He's obese. more to love. The the, the <laughs> veterinarian referred to him as morbidly obese. Oh, he's he's fat. You should stop feeding he, your cat. Yeah. <laughs> he caught it. He he caught a rodent the other day, though. It's amazing that a a, a morbidly obese, clawless, ballless uh, a cat that shouldn't even be outside can go out and find prey and catch it. What kind of what kind of rodent are you if you allow uh, that kind of cat to catch you? It's cat talk live here <laughs> in the studio, talking about Mark's cat. Well, I don't want to jump on to the next story. It's intervention all the way. We should intervene your cat for its eating disability. I could limit the amount of food the cat gets. But you then... should get your cat a rascal. <laughs> What's that? Oh, the little <laughs> scooter <laughs> <laughs> get but it on disability he doesn't really have anything going for him he's kind of a cranky cat and he wouldn't be as much fun if he wasn't really fat if he keeps eating excuses. all your fish <laughs> yes. he can't he can't get to him he does like to watch them that's Six, all about all you can do with fish though 603-435-1105 free talk live Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. It's the Sunday edition. We're doing things completely different here on Free Talk Live. Got uh, Hannah and Naomi yep, in the studio. I'm Mark. Normally, I don't even do Sundays. I'm sitting in because uh, Ian asked me to. Yeah, it's not a bad idea to get a little little first seat uh, time. You know, it's it's not always easy to pick what you're going to talk about. Um, you know, there's... You know, there's Normally, I just sit over there where Naomi's sitting, and I, I just talk whenever Ian talks. And sometimes I've got a little you bit of You talk over prep. Ian. What's that? You talk over Ian when yeah, Ian sometimes. talks. Sometimes. <laughs> it's easy, you know. It's, just jump right in. So, um, 
but and you know, nothing you, he can now do when you when you're in the front seat, you gotta you gotta decide what to talk about. So anyway, um, read that uh, that little script there, if you would, uh, Naomi. Hey everybody, welcome to the interwebs. <laughs> yes, this is so cool. Did you know there are smart folks all over the world who need to meet you? Why? Was it English-speaking country? Then check out English.freetalklive.com right this very second to find out. If you're listening to this podcast, then pause it right now and check out this site. Go to English.freetalklive.com and discover how to create your own online business. All you need to get on started on this is an ebook, the internet, Skype, a webcam, and a microphone. What an inexpensive way to become your own boss that oversees rewarding and challenging jobs that require your unique creativity and passion. Pause this podcast and visit english.freetalklive.com right now. Well, since it's uh, since it's, it, 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 it's a Sunday show, I'm going to go an unscreen call. We don't, we never do this. Um, who's this? Uh, this? This is Ty in hey, uh, Tennessee. Hey, Ty, what you want to talk about? Hey, I just called in. Uh, sounds like you guys could use some help getting a conversation jump started. Sure. Uh, I just happened to catch you by accident on the internet. I'm catching you over an, an air card in my car. I'm working today, but... Uh, driving down the road. So you got the laptop sitting in the passenger seat. You're listening that way. There you go. That's huh. safe. I just had to unmute when you answered. <laughs> uh, but I figured, you know, this is the Sunday. Uh, it's good. To, good to have you there, Mark. You know, it is unusual. Thank you. Uh, hi, Hannah. Hi. Wave. He's probably I watching the cam to, too. I wanted to talk a little bit about what uh, about voluntary societies, and I'm I'm thinking that maybe. Uh, it's maybe it's not going to be a voluntary society, but multiple voluntary societies. You know, associations that that is the the uh, evolution of the future of society. And, and let me kind of run by some of my thought processes on that. Okay. Uh, you know, in the old days, it was unthinkable that there could be a society without a, a king, a divine. Uh, ruler, representative of, of God, you know, or, or the gods, and and nobody would would ever think that you could have people rule. Well, that gave way to this idea of of democracy that that people can can rule themselves, but they didn't quite abandon the idea of this king rulership. So they kind of like elected kings and appointed people over them. You know, so they, they didn't quite get rid of the old baggage of, of the kingdom idea. And now it, that became the, um, the nation-state idea with the elected kingship. Well, I think in the future that, uh, you know, right now kingship is kind of obsolete. There are still some places that have kingdoms, but it's, it's pretty rare these days. Uh, I think in the future the nation idea may become obsolete. But one of the things about... Uh, Voluntary societies is they usually don't last. They, there have been, you know, experiments with various voluntary societies, and they usually may may last one generation, and they kind of fizzle out. And I think that that may actually be the way of the future. That it'll be a bunch of voluntary societies, of multiple voluntary societies that kind of interact together, and and they have their own kind of shelf life. You following what I'm saying? There? Yeah, you know, I, I think that that's. I, I think that there's probably some validity to uh, to that statement because how could these uh, societies continue on uh, beyond the the death of the, the you know the integral people in them? I suspect some people the people will probably still be drawn to uh, you know into groups um, you know probably to some extent to, around some sort of head people um, or another. You know what I thought. 
I guess I, I struggled for a long time with the difference between, say, a minarchist, small government situation and a uh, completely no government situation that my uh, co-host Ian struggles, uh, you know, talks about. And what I came to the conclusion was this, not that I, I don't, you know, because I think that the, the, you know, the small government republic, that makes sense for me. But the question is, is am I willing to send my small government republic after uh, some, a group of people that want to take a geographic area and live completely free in it? Am I willing to invade them because they did that? And the answer is no. So I guess I'm for voluntary societies in that very minimal way. Do I don't know if it's going to work. I think we need evidence. The only way we're going to get evidence is if we let people who want to do it try it. So I, I exactly I think that that's uh, that, that's really the only way to uh, to approach it. Any other thoughts, Ty? Well, you know, and, and kids naturally rebel against a family. Like you know, I've, I've got a pretty large family, lots of kids, and uh, as they grow older, you know, they tend to rebel. They don't want to live under uh, daddy and mommy's rules. They want to set up a place with their own rules. So, you know, I, I, I think that's why this, this idea of an evolution to where these things will eventually become like a shelf life deal, a traditional thing. People freely associate, make their own associations, kind of like a, a limited mutual aid society, if you will, you know, and then all of these different societies interact. I, I think that that's probably what the future is going to hold. I, I think that there might be some there might be some truth in there. That's we have to keep speculating on these things. Otherwise, you know, p- people are just going to dismiss it. So, that, you know, as long as there's some thought going on, it, uh, yeah, it it's a good thing. Ladies, I, do you I, have any thoughts? I think that in the absence of government, you can still have a sense of you can still have people communicating and a sense of kind of like sense of a nation, I guess, because the government is really just a a, a, a gang and that's funded by coercion, funded by uh, theft. And but that doesn't mean that you can't still have people communicating and being in charge. You just take the element of coercion away. Right. It's just because voluntary. And see, like what I was talking about, if you have you belong to a particular society that you volunteered for, but your children didn't, you know, they could they could choose to stay in that society or or, or start their own. You see what I'm saying? So I think Makes- that it may be limited societies that or associations that kind of interact with each other and you know I, i'm all for that as long as it's peaceful i don't really care how how it gets together and it's all just speculation mm-hmm. and i i just figured we'd kind of maybe kickstart a conversation here in a voluntary um government or i would say well, yeah, well whatever that's term an oxymoron. <laughs> no, um, i don't know I in mean, a voluntary society um you're gonna have some bad with the good you're definitely gonna have some people that don't agree with other people um it's completely voluntary, but voluntary to who? Like, you can say, uh, oh, I want to open up my own bank, and somebody else can say, well, I want to open up my own bank. Obviously, that's a competing business that's, that yeah. goes with that. But, I mean, it's it's like you don't – there's going to be dispute in what's considered voluntary. Indeed, and I think that there's – I think there's even room for the word um, government, perhaps, in a voluntary society because, um, for instance, Free Talk Live has a deal with uh, Genesis Communications Network where they put us on the, ra- on the radio and on the uh, satellite in order for radio stations to pick us up. But um, we have to adhere to certain rules in order to be on their uh, airwaves. And it, there's been times when uh, Ted Anderson, the guy who runs it, says said things like, you know, this behavior that you guys are doing immediate must stop immediately. So he's governing our behavior. He's only doing it um, in the fashion that, hey, look, um, you know, if you don't, I'm going to kick you off. He doesn't say that, but that's, you know, that's that's where it goes. I mean, he runs the, yeah, the syndicate. And so, that's a contract. A, a governing uh, a 
some sort of a, you know, like a self-government or even some sort of an influence-type government and a and an institution of, of uh, unspoken or even explicit violence. Yeah, I, I suppose it could happen. I can't imagine anybody uh, signing up for the uh, the, um, the the violent, the spoken violence. But I suppose they do in uh, fraternities and sororities where they uh, they do hazing, right? That's right. I mean, our our society right now, our our national government is an, is an unspoken and, and sometimes spoken. I mean, there are people who are so brainwashed by statism that that they think people deserve to get beat over the head and, and kidnapped. And they sure do. Cage. Thanks, Ty. Appreciate the call. If you've got any uh, thoughts on what Ty had to say or anything we've talked about, give us a call at 603-435-1105. It's Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Hannah. And Naomi. You know, I haven't one time this evening given out the 800 number by accident. So I'm doing really good on this uh, 603 number. I can't believe it. Ian would be proud. <laughs> he cares. He's upstairs smoking pot or something. Oh, my God, Mark. You don't think it's true? I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, with just Ian, speculating. you never know. Yeah, I'm just, just speculating here. So, um, uh, the voluntary society, uh, we, what's, uh, what was his name? Taz just called in on that one. Uh, ladies, any more thoughts? Shall I uh, move on to the next story? It's a great idea. Let's just that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure how it's going to work out. I mean, there's no way of predicting how it's going to work out. So this is kind of a silly question. So how did you come, uh, Naomi, how did you come to the ideas of liberty? How do, how were they sprung upon you? What, um, what, what what sort of circumstances happened that you found out about these ideas? Uh, I'm not a very libertarian English teacher in high school. Um, very freedom oriented, and he used to, me and him used to have a lot of discussions on, um, you know, uh, libertarianism and all those kind of. Was he kind of the the was he a uh, sort of a lefty libertarian, a righty I libertarian? Think he's a, I believe he's like a Republican, but he has libertarian views. So he's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the direction I came from. I, Right. Once I realized the Republicans were lying to me, then I started <laughs> moving more and more towards that direction. But uh, well, he was also religious, so I mean, he wasn't perfect. Yeah, who can be? I think. Yeah, I, I think that it's. It always it depends on the kind of religion. What bothers me most is when people are ready to toss other people into hell for bad behavior. Yeah, that's not nice. Yeah. So uh, it, you you lay it all at the doorstep of this uh, this uh, high school teacher. Or? Well, I mean, I've done a lot of research. Um, Throughout learning about history in public school, you only learn one side of it. <laughs> so um, it's written by the winners, obviously, and it's just a really good story. The history book—it's really not accurate. At all. <laughs> it's kind it's of like a really nice good fictional story. Yeah, it's a very good fictional story. <laughs> or excuse me, nonfiction for all the public school out there. Um, so I started to catch on pretty quickly that it was nonsense. And um, you're pretty much a local here in, in Keene, right? Yeah, I grew up in Keene. I went to um, an Adnock, which is a school in Swansea, which is next to Keene. Yeah, so. it's, it's about, same district. Just about the same. Keene was our rival school. Right. That's <laughs> the blackbirds against the Huskies. banana slugs or slugs or something, yeah. Huskies. Huskies, gotcha. So uh, did you leave the area at all? Have you gone to the big wide world and come back? Or Yeah, I've been through some stuff, but uh, I definitely think that coming back to New Hampshire was the best decision I ever made. 
Did you come back for the Free State Project or did you just return home and then find out uh, the Free Staters are here? I signed up in 2007. Even though I lived here before, I still signed the... You can. Once you yeah. live outside of... You know, once your address is no longer New Hampshire, you know, you're eligible yeah. to move back for the Free State Project. So I, um, I signed up and then I left to New York City for a couple of years and came back and uh, had realized that there's a lot more anarchists in Keene than there used to be. So that made me really happy. And uh, the fact that there's a lot more going on, we actually have, um, you know, we're not just talking on the internet about doing things. We're actually going out and trying to do them now. What do you think uh, the average Keeniac out there? I mean, because, you know, it's 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 sort of this conundrum um, trying to <laughs> figure out what do the what what do the, the, the people out there in Keene think about the the people that are in our group, the uh, the free staters, the free Keeners or whatever they are. Do you have any idea, any any finger on that particular pulse? Um, I, I don't believe that people actually know what we're doing out here. They just they just read what they hear in the in the forums and on the news and the newspapers. I don't generally believe that the people in the the project actually believe what they read in the newspapers, but they certainly believe what they read in the boards most of the time. Well, I'm talking about the regular, like the citizens. Oh, the citizens. Yeah. Oh, they think we're crazy, dude. Yeah, like all of them? I mean, have you talked to to any of them? What do they think? Oh, we're guano. We're totally crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that they they just, I don't don't know, they just don't want their town taken over. They they like that. They like that. I mean, the the reason that that they filmed Jumanji and Keen is because the director was like, well, what's a town that if the shoe company went out of business, the entire time would collapse? Oh, Keen. Well, that's a good like New England town to pick that in. It's interesting that you say taken over, though, because really it's just about people moving here and wanting to be free. And they're the ones who want to try to control free staters. I understood, but the, 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 you can you can see how the asp, how it looks to somebody out there. Like you want to come in and change things uh, like the free staters want to come in and, and change the way change things, is. meaning allow people who live here to be more free indeed but they don't want they don't want There's you to give the freedom to the people motto that they, is live free or die <laughs> yes but it's kind of ironic that they wouldn't really want freedom the people that howl the most want to have the most control of other people's lives mm-hmm. so in fact what you're doing is you're prying their fingers off the throats of other people so to them that appears as though it's aggression <laughs> they're just know? mad that their mountain fell down yeah well that's the only thing new hampshire had sad. going for it so yeah, it's it's you know everybody says it's a beautiful state, but it really is. If you've spent any time, what's that? It's gorgeous, absolutely. Yeah, it is gorgeous. I'm surprised how easy it is to park in downtown Keene, also because I live in New York City, and oh, you yeah, don't want to have a car in New York City. No, no you don't. <laughs> Unless you want to pay like fifty bucks to park it. All right, I'm going to take an unscreened call, even though Naomi hates this crap, and then I'm going to talk to you, uh, you uh, Hannah, okay, about this uh, <laughs> about how you found out about the ideas of liberty. So uh, tickle on, tickle on that for a little earlier. Don't you can don't charge me, me with anything. All right, unscreen call, amp line, sickle CAI line, whatever. Speak your name. Speak. What's that? I heard Bill? you. Hello, speak up, please. Bill. Hey, Bill. What do you want to call about? Yeah, Mark, can you elaborate on what GCN told you guys to stop doing? Um, specifically, I can remember one time when uh, I was told to stop using the name Manwich. Uh, I, my, uh, my, my name when I started out on radio was Manwich. I, I just picked, just grabbed it out of the thin air and, and decided that I'll use it because I didn't want my clients who, uh, for, for whom advertised on the radio stations, several of them in, in one cluster, to know that it was me on the radio uh, saying, you know, it was more of a locker room show back then, too. So, you know, I'm saying these kind of misogynistic things and, and stuff. <laughs> uh, okay. So I was, I was hiding from that. But uh, basically, that's what GCN, um, you know, 
as if that's all I can really think that they've ever um, told us not to do. Okay, that's understandable. Now, this might sound rude, but I'm wondering if you could ever elaborate on what you were in prison for for nine years. Yeah, I can't take it. It doesn't sound rude at all. I can't go out and tell the story. Um, I would. I, I don't know how to give it out without uh, getting in trouble because there's the, the, the Son of Sam rules do not allow me to profit from it, as I understand. Um, so since I profit from Free Talk Live, I can't tell the story on Free Talk Live without somebody being able to sue the pants off of me and take everything I own. But have you written about this in a book? Uh, then I'd sell the book, and then I'd profit off the book, and then they'd be able to sell, sell um, Oh, okay, sue. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hey, probably well, can figure out some way to do it, and I can tell you my wife's a little iffy on me telling the story. You know, she just doesn't want me to. Well, you better listen to your wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell I you, isn't that you the truth? I am not the hero in that particular story. Uh, I might be the protagonist if I tell it from my point of view, but I won't be the hero. Fair enough. Well, thanks for talking with me. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you calling in. Okay. So, um, Hannah, you, I, I, how did you find out about the ideas of liberty? How did how did you come across these things? Well, I think that everyone is. I mean, you, what are you? What are you like? Nineteen or something? 20. 20, 20 years old. So, I mean, the ripe old age of 20, um, you know, a, a gal from uh, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I think everyone is actually born libertarian or most people. OK. But they have to be brainwashed out of it. And they all are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess the question is, how did I um, become a libertarian? How was I born again? A born again libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can frame it any way you want, sweetheart. <laughs> um, well, I... I went to a, uh, an alternative school for until through eighth grade and hippie education. All right. Yeah. And the stress was on learning and thinking for yourself. Okay. And then I went to a public high school and it was just so the stress was on s- moving stress, you through the cattle. Shoot. Exactly. Um, uh, memorizing and regurgitating all the information you could. And there was no, like none of my teachers really th- like questioned the rules. Um, and I remember one of my teachers, I, because I had one too many absences that semester, he failed me, mm. even though I, had, I earned like an A in the class. Nice. So just the whole concept of like not You had health issues or something, right? Was, um, was that- yeah, I was sick or I, I broke my elbow one year and just different kinds of things. Um, but yeah, just people not, not really thinking and questioning what was going on around them. And then I had a friend who was an anarchist and she uh, got me into Lysander Spooner and that kind of Flip the switch for me. So, which kind of anarchist was she? Because there's there's two camps here, and they they can really. Um, she was uh, an intelligent anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> she believed that the, the government was a, a gang of thugs. Okay, sounds pretty accurate. So, um, and she introduced you to these ideas, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of began reading and yeah, researching. Yeah, I mean, just the own. morality made sense to me. It's wrong to aggress against peaceful people, and then I guess, you know. Over the last few years, I've kind of learned more about the practical aspects of libertarianism, and it's just all kind of made sense. And you haven't moved for the Free State Project yet. You're Not still, yet, but I plan to. You're still in the uh, out in wherever. Yeah, the unimportant <laughs> location. <laughs> New York City is where, is that where your schooling is? Yeah. 603-435-1105, Free Talk Live.
Kicking off the third hour of Free Talk Live, the, the live Sunday edition. We're uh, mostly internet and community radio station oriented. I don't think there's any li- uh, any FCC licensed radio stations carrying us tonight. But uh, those of you who are listening, you can uh, go to the cam at cam.freetalklive.com. It's brought to you by memorydealers.com. And, well, we've got uh, – it's an unusual situation. It's Mark in the, uh, the, the main seat, but I've got – Hannah. And Naomi. That's right, sitting in here. So it's uh, it's girl talk live. We're taking guy callers first. Actually, we haven't had any girl callers, but uh, yeah, I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to make it sound so much not gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's just go on with uh, another story out here. I've got this is about Radio Free Austin, which is a speaking of community stations. We're um, we have been on Radio Free Austin more times than um, than I can can count, and we get lots of calls there. It's a it's a it's an institution, but it is a community radio station or pirate radio station or whatever. And it's in Austin, Texas, and it's been around a long time. And it looks like they're having some trouble with the FCC, and they're telling them to take that license and shove it. Nine months. This is from the Austin Chronicle at austinchronicle.com. Nine months after the Federal Communications Commission moved to shut down an unlicensed Austin radio broadcast, the pirate station is still on the air, openly defying government order. I'm not giving up because this is about the truth, Deborah, Deborah Stevens, the public voice behind the station, as she eats quiche. She has a little quiche there at the uh, South Austin Diner. Her voice rises a couple of octaves when she mentions the truth. Barack Obama's birth certificate or the cartel, especially the cartel. It's all about the cartel, the monopoly cartel, the Texas Association of Broadcasters and the FCC protecting their cartel illegally, said Stevens, part of the group loosely known as Radio Free Austin. I think cartel is a, a, a legitimate word here to describe uh, the, the people that participate in uh, the stations that participate in the FCC. I'm sure that the stations in Austin would love to have her off the air as competition. Hmm. For more than a decade, the group has used frequencies at 90.1 FM and 100.1 FM to broadcast shows discussing what they see as the government cover-up of 9-11, the growth of the police state, and the accuracy of various prophecies. Their guru is Alex Jones, self-styled leader of, oh of InfoWars, man's last hope against the much-discussed and constantly fear, feared New World Order. Some commuters may know the station from the homemade signs touting liberty and the uh, station's frequency occasionally unfurled on a fence along Mopac, north of downtown. Any idea what Mopac is? No idea. Nope. No, neither are Austinites <laughs> here. All right. I've been there once. I don't know what Mopac is. Last November, the FCC ordered Stevens and her husband Jerry to pay a $10,000 forfeiture for opening the station without a license. Also fined was a former Travis County Sheriff, uh, Raymond Frank, 84, who served as sheriff in the 70s and ran for the post again in 2008 in a platform that included reducing the penalties for marijuana possession. For many years, the station broadcast from a transmitter uh, on an old 80-foot wind tower in Frank, Frank's Mount Larson property. So you think if the FCC just... They just they, it's not like they give you a court case. You don't you don't go in front of a judge and the judge says ten thousand dollar fine. It's just the FCC, some government a- agency that doesn't have any lawmaking yeah. power. If you agree with the terms of the FCC, you should get the punishments that they dish out. <laughs> right. You know, if you choose to pay their fine, yeah, if, if they choose send to you. pay their fine, yeah. But why not? I, what kind of power do they have? Actually, I mean, it's it's not. I, they've just levied this fine. I don't. I think this is the first group to ever say. Well, we're not going to pay. And what's going to happen? 
As far as I know, nothing. But we'll see. Go we'll see. to jail. <laughs> they they may very well go to jail. I don't know. Hell no, said Frank when asked if he had uh, had paid his forfeiture. However, the Radio Free Austin transmitter was reportedly moved from Frank's tower after the FCC forfeiture notice was served. The station currently broadcasts on ninety point one FM from an undisclosed South Austin location, singing out a relatively low power signal between two hundred and three hundred watts. Although the quality varies, it can usually be heard fairly clear around downtown. Where else would you want it to be heard? Stevens believes the FCC has no legal grounds to shut the station down. There have been few court cases to the FC, um, challenges to the FCC authority. They rely on people rolling over, Stevens says. Most pirate broadcasters are flakes who play music and quickly cave in to the FCC's threats. She believes it's very clear. Um, it's, it's legal, whatever that means. Um, Stevens is not a lawyer. She runs a, a website called ruleoflawradio.com which focuses on reclaiming our freedom from scripture, truth, law, fundamental principles, and comedy. Her internet radio show, which emphasizes the ways for ordinary citizens to take back control of the legal system, is part of the 90.1 FM lineup. Stevens is also a musician playing in bands such as Route One and Three Stooges Posse with her husband Jerry. They are a wild bunch (laughs) with the... Bands and stuff. Crazy libertarians. She started working with the station in 2007 after Jerry happened upon a broadcast of Jones's show. It totally changed our lives, she said. Now she's absolutely sure that the mainstream media is totally controlled and bought for and paid for by the government. No question about it uh, to Stevens. The Internet, public access television, catchy road sign posters are not enough. The message must be on the radio. You have to have it in the car, she said. Despite the legal murky waters, Stevens believes she's on firm footing. Well, I don't know if I consider her to be on firm footing, but I, I think that she's I think she's probably right that the FCC isn't going to do FCC can't really do anything about that fine. The frequency for the Radio Free Austin was carefully chosen to minimize chances of interference, she said. She's not stepping on anybody's signal. As long as the station's not causing interference, the FCC has no right to shut it down. And one also can make the argument that because it's all inside Texas state limits, the FCC doesn't have authority because it's not mm. crossing state lines. I don't know the, the veracity of this. I, um, I, I'm not a lawyer, and my, my experience with the government is they make crap up and do whatever the hell they want. But um, it should be interesting to see what a, a judge has to say about this if they ever manage to get it that far. I don't know if the it's FCC. It's the same as like the wiretapping charge. I mean, it's like. So many people get fined by the FCC, or but whoever pays those fines, does everybody pay them? Or? I don't think they do. I don't. I, I don't think that the FCC cares whether you pay the fine as long as you shut the station down, and they haven't, and they're not going to. So what happens if you don't shut the station down and you don't pay the fine? That's the FCC the question, does yeah. have armed men, armed okay. agents. So I don't know what they'll do, but they'll triangulate the signal, decide where it's coming from. They'll tase you. Uh, they could <laughs> very well tase you, um, no doubt. I, I you know. I don't know. I'm glad these people are brave enough to, to stand up and see what happens. What I would do is pick it up and move it every time they said that uh, you have to shut down. Because just because the station stays on the same um, uh, Oh, yeah, that's signal. the solution, Mark. Waste more of the taxpayers' money. <laughs> that's the solution to everything. <laughs> not just pay the fine. As long as the station's not causing interference, the FCC has no right to shut it down, she insists. Ridiculous, responds Oscar Rodriguez, the vice president of the Texas Association of Broadcasters. I'm sure he's pushing us. The FCC clearly has the authority to respond to unlicensed broadcasters. They are certainly doing harm to broadcasters following the rules and standards of the federal government. 
you know, that's what they, uh, that's what, you know, the, the old Uncle Tom's cabin, this is what you, what you refer to this guy as, is, well, we're following the rules. What about, what about them? Just following orders. Yep. Yeah. The nearest station on the radio dial is, uh, to 90.1 FM is KUT at uh, 90.5. And KUT has not recorded any specific instances of interference, but it has received complaints from listeners said Jim Reese, manager of uh, digital technology from technical from a technical standpoint there's no way they could legally operate from the location on 90.1 even if they were inclined to do so he said and that that much is true they they qualify as secondary interference at 90.1 to 90.5 however secondary interference is mostly a myth does the uh, does this qualify as a monopoly does the FCC does the FCC have a monopoly they, on uh, the airwaves they have a monopoly on the issuance of uh, licensure well that's illegal well, <laughs> apparently not. Not if the government does it. How much does it cost to get a license? It could be uh, prohibitively expensive, mm-hmm. especially in uh, smaller marketplaces where it's difficult to, you know, it, it's difficult to make money. If you're in in, in Keen, for instance. <laughs> What's the difference between uh, airing a podcast or airing a radio? I mean, obviously one where it's transmitted, but mm-hmm. I mean, how come the FCC doesn't step into podcast? Because That's they're on the streaming. internet. Yeah, well. I don't know. Where does where's the where's the line? They had the purview at one point. They don't have the they they didn't get the purview on uh, on the internet. I'm sure they'd love to have it. They've tried to get it. Um, they they'd love to to hop in. There's a there's a bit more to this story, and uh, we'll finish it up here and shortly. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Got any comments on Radio Free Austin or anything else? Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. It's Free Talk Live. I'm Mark and Hannah and Naomi. That's right. We're taking your calls. Let's uh, jump right into the calls here. But first, I want to tell you about the BBS. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. It's our it's our forum, completely unmoderated. There's more than five hundred thousand posts over there for you to peruse through. Participate with the uh, with our forum inhabitants. It's bbs.freetalklive. Dot com. Let's go to David in New Hampshire. David, are you there? I'm here. Excellent. Um, you had some questions about uh, what, lo, uh, lo, community stations? Yes, I've been listening to LRN quite a bit and enjoying it and the shows on it. Okay. And that's how I'm listening to you now. Uh, so and, hold on. Um, Before you go on, David, you're listening to the radio? Yep. Okay, so yeah, that that radio station here in in Keene is a community station that uh, airs mostly LRN content. They do, uh, I guess, they have their own programming, so it's not entirely LRN content. But go on. Oh, well, maybe that'll somewhat explain what I was wondering, Um, which I don't know. Um, Well, there's a few shows that come on, and and when they feel like swearing, they swear, and they use the F word and just anything they want to say that. They just say it. Yeah. And I was just curious how that can happen without, like, them being chased down and, you know, stuff like that. And I know you guys don't swear on this program, so I was wondering. Yeah, our, no, never. our program is on <laughs> is on uh, regular radio stations uh, during the weekdays from Monday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then, you know, some stations will carry it at different times. So we, ha- we follow the FCC rules because we want our show to be on FCC stations. 
Uh, what LRN is is a collection of podcasts, liberty-oriented podcasts, put out there. Uh, you know that that Ian has chosen that he believes to be a, a good representation of the the liberty community. So he puts it out there for people to listen to and and put up on community stations and and that kind of thing. I and and basically the community stations aren't licensed by the FCC, so they don't. You know they're already breaking the FCC's rules. It's not like the F. You know maybe the FCC will come after them faster for for swearing or whatever, but I I don't think so. The FCC is a slow, ponderous organization. They're going to come as fast as they feel like coming. So um, I I guess in a world without the FCC, if there was nothing to regulate. Uh, who said what on the on the radio? I suspect that you would find some some shows that would uh, definitely curse. Like uh, Howard Stern would probably say naughty words. I, I suspect he does in his uh, uh, XM and Sirius or whatever Sirius XM show. I suspect he says all kinds of naughty words. But uh, people still listen because they want to hear it. And I think that um, it's just like your your kids watching TV. You you keep them away from the shows you don't want them to to watch, and you, you let them watch the shows you do want them to watch, and I suspect that you what you wouldn't find is uh, family friendly shows on the same station as you know shows that say all the words that you're not allowed to say. And there's only really four of them. Yeah, because I think people tend to play to their target audience, and they have a financial incentive to do that. And so, if a show that attracts kind of a family oriented audience starts cursing, then they're probably going to lose a lot of listeners. But I think it does antagonize some people, David. If that's what the, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> No, I like, I don't mind it at all. It's like you say, it's freer. It's more like anarchy, you know, do what you want type of thing. But I'm just curious why there aren't bosses jumping down their throats type of thing. Which bosses are your, uh, bosses for whom? I don't know. I, I just presume radio stations have, you know, big shots that are trying <laughs> I would guess this station in Keene, and I can't speak, I cannot speak knowledgeably about it. I want to know as little as possible about this station. So if, if someone were to talk about it in my immediate vicinity, I would stick my fingers in my ear and, and, and run away because I do not want to hear about who has this station airing. I want to, I do not want to know that. However, I would suspect that this station is uh, some guy who has uh, a cheap transmitter that he got off of, uh, you know, eBay or one of those uh, Chinese places and, and uh, stuck a uh, an antenna off the top of his roof or something, and is essentially streaming from a computer. So it's not a boss; it's a guy, and he's going to let you know whatever he wants to to let happen on his air. I suspect he's not listening all the time, um, you know. And I, I, you know, I I couldn't say it's it's definitely doesn't have an office. I would otherwise you'd know where it was. <laughs> Anyways, well, I think it's great. So. Yeah. I enjoy it a and, lot. And you'll notice that the uh, on this uh, station that you're referring to here in, in Keene, New Hampshire, does it doesn't have any local uh, commercials. I mean, this whoever's doing it isn't out pounding the pavement, going to the car dealerships and and saying, "Hey, you want to put some ads on my uh, local station?" He's not making money off of it, so there's no revenue being generated. Therefore, there aren't any bosses and no secretaries, no garbage men, no, or you know, janitors or salesmen or anything like that. All right. Well, thanks. I think it's great. Thanks. <laughs> I love it, too. I love having it around to, to be able to listen to it. Thank you, David. Whoops. Shoot, I dropped him just as he was going to talk. Dick move, Mark. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting off collars. Poor guy. Well, I suppose he can call back. I don't know. That's really professional, Mark. I, I, thought, I thought he had said bye twice. Yeah. He's ready to go. So do you guys listen to the, uh, it's, it's 107 point something or other here in town. 107.5, I think. Okay. Yeah. Have you listened to it, Naomi? 
Listen to what? It's the radio station <laughs> that David was referring to. Yes. Well, <laughs> once in a while, like, I not often. Like, I love I love talk radio, and it's the reason I'm in the business. And I love having it on that I could just turn it on and hear you know Stefan Molyneux or Complete Liberty or uh, the the, the in, insane guys from Wheels Off Liberty or whatever. I was listening to them today. I really enjoy it. Anyway, let me go on to the story about uh, pirate radio. Either way, it doesn't matter to the FCC. Any station transmitting at certain frequencies and certain powers absolutely needs a license, whether they are interfering or not, said spokesman Eric Bash. It's often difficult to shut down the broadcasts. The FCC is not an enforcement agency. Cases are turned over to the Department of Justice for prosecution, which often has difficulty tracking transmitters and their owners. Why would they have difficulty with tracking transmitters and their owners? You you put two receivers up and you triangulate. It's math. It's science. (laughs) Um, It's lots of fun. (laughs) I I can see why maybe you have a tough time searching for owners or something. Maybe they're not right on site or or, or whatever. But uh, you'd think it'd be difficult to to broadcast without a power supply. I can't just put this up in my woods, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you could. I could, but I need a power line going to it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. At this point, uh, let's excuse me. Um, there in Berkeley, California, a group of unlicensed broadcasters has been fighting the FCC in court for more than a decade. At this point, Stevens' only contact with the DOJ has, is a letter warning her to pay the debt, which she promptly ignored. If the DOJ and the FCC don't follow the letter of the law, she promises to uh, a wave of lawsuits. I don't think they want to mess with me, she said. She's already filed one lawsuit challenging the credentials of the FCC's field operative. The case was quickly dismissed. Stevens says she'll appeal. Rather than backing off, Stevens wants to grow the Austin station. She plans to set, a, uh, to set up a trust to cover the operation and the transmitter and will soon be moved up to a new tower in West Austin, broadening its reach. She said the trust will operate as a nonprofit and no one will be paid a salary, she says. Although she hopes to get reimbursed for her legal services, the station already gener- generates revenue by selling advertising spots on the Internet radio networks carried on the station, which tend to feature advertisers like Survivalist Seeds and the latest book on the shadow government. Metal Music says it's time to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> time to thrash dance. I think someone needs to taste more. Th- thrash away. Someone needs to taste more. You're out of control. <laughs> Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. It's your show. Give us a call. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. But uh, till then, I'm going to finish up this, uh, this story about the, the FCC hassling the folks out in Austin for their, their little uh, radio station they got going out. They've set up this community station, and I suspect a lot of people really enjoy it. And if they don't enjoy it, they don't have to tune in to 90.1. It's very simple. <laughs> but the FCC doesn't like them them broadcasting without a license. So Stevens, the uh, station owner uh, or operator or whatever, is saying, uh, we're doing this for the people. Even even though she gets a little fuzzy about how many actual people are listening. How could she? That's that's not fair. How could she know? She doesn't pay for the Arbitron numbers. Arbitron doesn't rate unrated uh, you know, stations that are uh, unlicensed. But who is she hurting? Um 
no, I can't see. I, I suppose that one could make the argument, right, that uh, that secondary interference on this other station at 90.5 that we had talked about earlier, but that uh, KUT, whatever that is, um, on the FM dial at 90.5, they're getting secondary interference, but... I worked at stations that um, that were, were were on secondary interference with each other, and they because they were for the same company, they signed a piece of paper that allowed them to to interfere with their own radio station. So it was okay for them to be within two uh, two two positions on the FM dial. And I never noticed anything about how you know one hundred five, excuse me, yeah, one hundred five nine WYNF was messing with one hundred six point five WCTQ, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that this is uh, actually causing inter- any interference, and neither is the guy uh, Jim Reese or whatever from uh, is, is saying that. From a technical standpoint, there's no way that it could legally operate from that location, even if they were inclined to do so. But it hasn't been; uh, he hasn't received any complaints from listeners. So Stevens goes on. Taking a call here in just a second. It's uh, This is where Stevens wants to make a stand. She practically dares the DOJ to move against her. If they refer to a collection agency, I'll come down on them like a ton of bricks, she said. The legal case will go on for years, she promises. So there's an editor's note. After we published this story, Rule of Law Radio's uh, Deborah Stevens told us that she, in fact, only sells commercials for her own local network, not uh, other networks that also air on her station, as reported above. I suppose that's... Uh, the, the radio station she sells ads on. And I don't see why you shouldn't be able to sell ads on it. I mean, people are listening to it. No big deal. It, it, anything to say before I take this call, ladies? Not really. All right. <laughs> Let's go. Free Talk Live. Who's this? This is Nick from San Jose. Hey, Nick. California. What's on your mind? Well, Mark, uh, I want to rekindle a conversation me and you had on Facebook like two years ago. Good and Lord. I don't, of course, I <laughs> okay. don't expect you to... Re- I don't expect you to remember, of course. It's a but, good thing. Um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a full-on voluntarist, uh, anarchist, whatever you want to call me. All right. Um, I've, I, I love liberty to the umpteenth, umpteenth degree. However, a little bit of liberal nags at me. And okay. it comes down to, and I don't know if it's traditional liberal, but it's more of a, you know, that kind of mindset. But um, the way humans should organize, when, when humans organize at the, the you know, the earliest time where we could have been called humans um, or whatever, they were in tribal, you know, uh, they organized in a tribal way and they hunted and gathered and only took from the planet what was needed. Um, and for, for thousands of years, presumably millions of years, um, lived in a harmonious way with, with the planet. Um, of course, at some point that changed, and I say that it changed at the agricultural revolution, where people lost their power. Uh, they lost it to the person who had the food. Of course, I think it's organized to differently a little bit now to where it's in a little more of a, you know, I work for it. There's some beneficial gain to both of us. Therefore, it, you know, it makes sense. What, what do you say to that? Well, uh, what do you mean? Have we moved beyond the agricultural revolution when uh, basically you had a, a very small amount of masters and a whole bunch of slaves? Yes, I concur. <laughs> well, what do you think that or either of you, do you think that we lost our real freedom and power at that moment? And even if we do move towards a fully voluntarist society where things are still voluntary, um, and of course you can live in that kind of manner, um, and I think that that probably once you move to that type of, you know, voluntarist society that 
of course, you have less um, exploitation and, and less, you know, forced mastership or whatnot. But I contend that we lost our true freedom and power as humans at that time. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll field that one. So you're talking – I guess what you're saying is is that uh, the, the statement that primitive man had more leisure time than any other time in history, that, that statement? Uh, I don't – not necessarily that, but I believe that their life was um, the same as uh, – meaningful in the same way that the life of a tiger or a pack of, you know, whatever is meaningful to the planet – the same reason we don't want, you know, a certain type of animal to go extinct was the same reason that we didn't want humans to move past that point, because when they moved past that point, the Earth did begin to become exploited in some way or another. So um, have you lived anywhere besides San Jose? I lived in Washington State. Did, uh, and did you live in a farm? Uh, in Idaho, I lived at least in, in the mountains where there, we weren't close, but not in a farm, no. Okay. Um, my experience is with, uh, say, raccoons, for instance. Raccoons will go into a hen house, and they will kill every single chicken in there. They can't eat them. They have no intention of eating them. They just kill them. And the idea that they're living harmoniously, I think, is this kind of neo-hippie idea that somehow they only take... Uh, it's, it's like uh, oh, Avatar, when the, uh, when, when the blue lady says the little prayer over the dead critter. And, um, you know, it's... What's that? Nothing. <laughs> and it's, it's nice. I mean, I, I like the idea. If I was going to kill an animal, I'd probably want to commune with it a little bit before I killed it and say something nice to it, uh, send its spirit on. Kill it yeah, in the uh, the manner that was uh, was was. I think living harmoniously is referring more to not uh, get messing up the natural flow of things. Meaning, like if you if you uh, cause one species to become extinct, basically all the other it will affect all the other species. Species. Well, the law the law of limited competition where A eats B, B eats C, C eats E, and then E comes around and somehow eats A. You know, so there's this circle of life, and when we moved past that point, we started to go against the law of limited competition, and we had things our way, and we would wipe out B and C to get to E or whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm not maybe not making all that much sense, but we were going against what nature had set up essentially through evolution. You know, I've got no problem with and currently today that you can go live as a hunter gatherer if that's what you wish. There are places in the world where you can do that. I was watching a, a documentary on called "Living with the Mech" in, uh, in in New Guinea. There are still hunter gatherer tribes. If uh, if that's what speaks to you, sell your earthly belongings, buy a bunch of tobacco because they like that, and go live with them. Um, and well, I think that you'll I'll find. You for, go ahead. I'll tell you for one, I'm I'm probably the most urbanized human on the planet, so I don't <laughs> think that I would. I would do. I would fare well in that in that way. And obviously, I live in a certain way that's not the one that I'm talking about. But I do think, and and when I was, you know, I've gone through the whole political spectrum. I feel, and when I was a liberal, that's the one thing that's kind of stuck to me, is that um, yes, I think that in our current you know way of living, going towards more freedom is the only way to go. And I think that private property can just ultimately solve any environmental issues that we have. However. Um, that being said, at a simpler time, before humans um, realized the power 
say, of, of agriculture, where they were hunting and gathering and only taking what they need and never did any excess. Not true. They um, were not only taking what they were need. They, they were taking what they could get. And um, this is the part that I, I think that you're, you're sort of uh, you're liberalizing here. How did, they couldn't store food, though. I mean, But so they'd there, still there take it. A... They'd serve it. They'd, they'd give it to the dogs that hung around them, and then they'd slit their throats when they got hungry. They were walking deep freezers. Um, so, I mean, you know, dogs have been with man for a long time because we ate them. And <laughs> let's let's come let's let's bring this on back and man's uh, best friend and man's best food. Yeah, yeah, you know, dogs tasty treats from around the world. <laughs> Hold the line, please. 603-435-1105. Free talk live. Talk Live. It's the final segment on the uh, the Sunday live show. It's Mark with you. And Hannah. And Naomi. And we are bringing it to you. And we were in the last segment, we were talking to Nick, and I'll bring him on here. Nick, can you hear me? Yep. Nick from San Jose. And uh, I guess what you were uh, trying to bring up, Nick, was basically... You believe in the ideas of liberty, but you you sort of believe that sometime in the past, man was more free. Um, prior to the the agricultural revolution, um, that sort of the hunter gatherer guy was more free than say we are today. Is that is that was that what you're basically trying to get get to? Indeed, I think I agree. Um, it, they're more free. If you want to be free in this world, I can make some some recommendations. Uh, for instance, when I was down in the um, St. Vincent in the Grenadines, I, I was, uh, we stopped off on a little island, I believe it was called Petit Moreau. I may be wrong. I, I have no idea. And, um, you know, I built a fire. I, I cracked up a coconut. I, I roasted some hot dogs. And on that island, I was completely free. There was no government bureaucrat telling me anything, um, you know, like I could do whatever I wanted. I was newly married, so I had a wife, so I guess I wasn't free at all. But um, You got <laughs> sand in your shorts, though. <laughs> <laughs> However, the island had really no natural res- few natural resources. There were the coconuts, and but I, I would have gone through those relatively quickly. So coconuts, the freedom food. <laughs> <laughs> you can be free um, by going someplace where nobody's going to bother you. You buy a sailboat and go out there and uh, you know take some provisions with you, and you'll be largely free. You won't pay property taxes or whatever. You'll pay more at the uh, the dockside store, which basically has to pay its property taxes. So you'll be you'll be sending some uh, some money to the man, but you'll be pretty largely um, you know free. I'm not saying that you can't do that today. I, I do agree that primitive man was more free. However, their life was short and brutish. Wouldn't you agree with that? Um, I would. Uh, however, I would also kind of say, if you think about it in, in a way that, um, and this was before humans, I mean, humans were thinking in a different way than, say, their, their um, you know, ape counterparts or whatever, but they still were limited. Um, and so, like, I would think, if you think about a lion in the African you know, safari, do they feel like they're free? I would say yes. And then are they upset that their life ended? I would say no. I think that they're just living, and they're just – that's what the humans were doing back then. And well, as the agriculture – no, I, I disagree with that. I think you, humans have had religion for quite some time, and the reason that humans have religion is because they're scared of death. And um, you know, they're, they're face-to-face with death on a daily basis in, in the wild. 
Right, and so so is the reason to survive, no doubt. I, I wouldn't say that, but I don't think that um, they viewed themselves as, you know, in a bad place, essentially. I think that they were happy people. Um, and a lot of the records, you know, of, of their culture shows that. They, they weren't unhappy people, especially the real, real, really humans, you know. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to round off my, my argument just a little bit by saying that, well, I don't believe currently we have overpopulation. Um, I do believe that there's kind of an unlimited population thought where there's nothing happening really. I mean, there's progressives maybe that are trying eugenics or whatever, but um, ultimately um, population growth is considered something that's just happening. Well, I believe that population growth happens based on the excess of resources. So currently you have you know, however amount of food being produced every year, yet in Africa there's people, you know, dying or whatever of, of starvation. So there's obviously an issue there. And I would, I would say that based on the fact that we have such opulent wealth in America, you have this unlimited population growth, and then not so much wealth in, say, Africa. But American and- population is actually diminishing. And what you're not taking into account is, A, people in Africa aren't dying because of famine. People in Africa are dying because of government. Um, because okay. gover- government... I would, I would pre- agree. Yeah, I mean, so they're they're not dying because of resources; they're dying because of evil men with machine guns. Um, The the fact is, I'd I'd like to make this point real quick, and you know, I'm not making this point. This is scientists that have made this point. I'm only repeating it. Is that the point in America? Is we our 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 native population is in fact diminishing, and we if it wasn't for immigration, we wouldn't the, the population would be diminishing here in the United States, and it's because people as they move to uh, urban areas immediately i'm not talking about a generation later immediately upon moving to urbanized areas they begin to have fewer children and as affluence increases they have fewer and fewer children um as as time goes by they've the estimates are that um you know that at some point essentially food production will be done uh near near uh, metroplexes by you know small farmers or by you know large farmers one of those two things and the large farmers are going to be companies that they aren't going to be big families and so you're not going to see the 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 growth in population. The population should even out at about 13 million, give isn't or take it, a billion, also, give or take a billion. Isn't it also true that most of this country is uninhabited? This country? Yeah. Geographically, sure. Especially the middle, the middle of it, especially. But I, I would think that you're taking Come into a lot of like social polit- political issues as to what's you know causing the population to go one way or the other. But at a fundamental look at what causes population growth. It's the availability of resources. I mean, I disagree. Been, I've got all the resources in the world, dude, and I'm not having more children. And um, well, I mean, there's you know, a, from a worldwide basis, I have all. I'm you know, I'm in the top one percent of earners in, on the planet. Um, and, and you don't see rich people with big families, do you? But if you look at it from a, you don't. You're right, and I agree that as people get more wealthy, they have less children. That's resources. Uh, I would say, right, but at a fundamental level. At, at how people operate, if there was, say, let's just give it a number, if there was 2 billion people worth of food on the planet, there couldn't be 4 billion people on the planet. You understand what I'm saying? So I got you. you. There's got to be available food and resource for people to survive. But you, so, you do realize there's uh, more food than there used I'm, to be. I mean, we can now yes, do with absolutely. one acre more than we could, a lot more. I, I agree. 
But I would say that because government is there skewing the marketplace and um, in one way or the other through competition or whatever, and big corporations pump out just un, un, you know, unsaid amounts of, of food and resources and whatnot, in a free marketplace, that the resources would be based 100% on demand. Well, I don't feel like currently resources, I think resources, uh, food and stuff, is produced um, with a projection, like we want to do more than we did last year, which is always the kind of goal for business. You want to do more than you did last year. However, you've got to do it based on the demand, and I don't feel like business operates, especially big, big corporation operates more on demand as they do on just kind of projections and then pushing it around the world and proliferating it around the world or whatever. I just believe that um, in the free marketplace, a true free marketplace, that the population would reduce drastically over, you know, a fair amount of time so that there's not, you know, outright people dying in the streets, but just dying of old age and resources would come down strictly to the demand. And I think it would even out at a way lower level than we are now. But what about uh, life, life? What about life being prolonged? I mean, where you're seeing medicine working along the idea that that you know people are cyborgs. They're walking all over. They've got uh, mechanical hearts and mechanical bits, and they're having their joints replaced. And uh, uh, you're, you're so seeing. Be it. So be it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think that I don't think overpopulation is an issue at all. Personally, I just don't. I, I, I don't see it as uh, as being an issue. And Nick, I want to thank you for your call. Uh, ladies, ideas on overpopulation. If you think there are too many people, then why don't you find some place in this country that's uninhabited and start, you know, living there? Like that sounds like other people, people there. Urbanize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can only remember having uh, driven through the the West, and and if you haven't lived someplace like this, you just don't have the idea of the vastness of the United States. But I pushed the the seek on the radio on the FM dial, and it just went round. And round and round. And then I did the AM dial and nothing came in. At the lower end of the dial, I'd just get fuzz and I'd have to keep on pushing the seek button to, to you know, to find something new. But I never found a, a station where I could hear music or somebody talking or, or something. And it, it, to me, that really just sort of laid it all out there. There aren't enough people here where I am driving along the road in Montana or Wyoming or wherever the heck I was uh, to, to merit a radio station. <laughs> and... I, I, you know, it, it just it just shows you just how vast. I think Wyoming, if you think about how large it is, I think it's six hundred thousand people. I haven't, you know, I didn't didn't look wow. that up before I said it, but I think it's like six hundred or eight hundred thousand people in the yep. entire state. That's about the same population as that of Vermont. <laughs> um, it's uh, less than half the population of New Hampshire. So. <laughs> There's a lot of land in the United States, and the United States is pretty pretty populated. Um, you start looking around the world, it's a big, big, wide globe there. Or you could just move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Seriously, <laughs> do that. Do it. Why should they move, talk. ladies? If you want liberty in your lifetime, and you want to promote freedom women. for women. Lots and lots of women. We've, we've got lots of girls here for you in the Free State Project. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later.